Hello and welcome to Activate Your Intuition. I'm your host, Gabrielle, a spirit channel, psychic, Akashic record reader, and psychic development coach. And I'm here to help you activate this thing they call intuition. A thing that isn't something that you're learning or becoming, it's something that you're remembering that you are. Each of us are deeply intuitive at our core. We are deeply connected to the cosmic realm all around us. And our intuition lets us access that wider range of knowledge that we might not see every day. And that's why I created this podcast for you. A place where I chat about my own messages and downloads, a place where I talk to like-minded souls about their own journey, about finding their intuition, their psychic abilities, stepping into mediumship, stepping into becoming a healer. So if you're ready to come into this world with me, I am so grateful to have you here. So let's dive into this week's episode. Hey tribe and welcome to this week's episode. If you're new here, I'm Gabrielle, I'm your host and I'm really excited you joined me for this super special episode because I have a fellow listener here today who's here to give me a Q&A on all things intuitive, full of soul questions and just we're really here to have some fun. So say hey Maddie. Hi. How are you? Good thanks, how are you? I'm really well. I'm really, really excited you took me up on this invitation and uh, here diving into the soul with me. Oh, thanks. Thanks for asking. No worries. All right. So shall we dive into our first question? Sure. So you always talk about vibration. What is it? Awesome. This is such a freaking cool question because I talk into so much stuff. And I just like, I've been doing this for ages, right? And I always forget what it's like when you're like in the like beginning stages of like awakening and like being like, what is all this shit? Like, what does this mean? And what is this like, what is a rose quartz? Like, I remember the days when I was like asking someone like, what's a rose quartz? And now there's like five kilos by the side of my bed. But vibration and the reason I bring up crystals is everything in life has a vibration, okay? So uh, psychic read vibration so you have a vibration i have a vibration my water bottle has a vibration the floor has a vibration the house you live in has a vibe you know when you like go to dinner and you're like oh this crowd's like a bad vibe yeah that's what we mean so like it's really cool when we start to play in frequency work because frequency and vibration are the same thing right so like so many people talk into like your words have a vibration right okay so like if we're like actually checking ourselves, like if we have an actual check of our internal monologue, like that voice that speaks to you in your head, some people have one, some people have two, fun fact. I had none growing up. I didn't have an internal monologue. I used to actually, for a while in my life, I had to train myself to think, which is pretty darn darn cool. It's really rare. Um, Most people, do you have one or do you have two or more? I think I have more than two. That's so cool. See, to me, I have one. So I'm like, I find it really cool when we get to like clock these things and when we get to like understand 
like, oh, this is actually how my inside of my brain works. We can then start to be like, okay, well, this maybe, I don't know because I don't have more than one, but you can tell me. So like one might be more positive than the other, right? And then we yeah. start like eliminating that time we spend feeding into that energy and that vibration because negativity is a vibration. So if you guys want to learn more about this, the best thing to do is like pull up the vibrational scale right now, like literally like put this podcast down, pick up Google, type in a vibrational scale. And what it does is down the bottom is like fear, shame, guilt, grief, apathy. Up the top is called amoeba or enlightenment. In the middle is like acceptance and peace, right? So like when we're talking about low vibrations, I'm talking about the bottom of the scale. Like when we're in fear, yeah. It's a really like primal thing. Like fear is the like little tiny reptilian part of the brain, like the part that like frogs have, right? Like mm. dumb, dumb parts. Like a really, it's like a dumb part oh. of it. But when we are in those lower vibrations, such as fear or shame or guilt, we're like really in that reptilian part of our brain, which is like, I just have to survive, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I've got to go to work and I've got to come home. And then how do I do all the things? That's called yeah. survival mode, right? Yeah. So like being a high vibration is being the opposite of survival. It's called okay. survival. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Magic. So you, you used to talk about low and high vibrational foods. Mm. What's the difference? And do you mind giving me a couple of examples? 110%. So this is something I worked on heaps actually when I started the start of my journey. And I actually, fun fact, started spiritually bypassing and not worrying about it for a while. Okay. But um, so like it's something I really focused on because if you've listened to a few of my podcasts, you've probably heard I used to be a personal trainer. So like when I really got into the spiritual woo world, I like got into the like mind, body and soul part of it. So I went really focused on that, that food part. But what a high vibrational food is, is like eating nutrition dense food. So vibe food that, so everything has a vibration, right? And let's say you're growing a sweet potato, which is one of my favorite foods, right? It's growing. So it's alive. It has a frequency. Does that make sense? Yeah. Compared to a potato chip that's being cut up and killed and fried. Processed. Yeah. So that's what we mean by vibrational. Um, it's pretty like it's pretty easy to like figure it out once you understand what it is, right? Yeah. But it's also something that's like how cool is it when we start to like look into our life and go, okay, well when I eat this I feel this. Because so oh, many yeah. of us we're like, oh, I eat this mm. and then I'm tired, right? Yeah, and yeah. we're like not taking accountability for our actions. It's like it's like people, I'm so sorry to some people that I know who are my friends who are listening to this, but um, people who drink six coffees a day and then complain they can't sleep. It's like take each coffee, each singular yeah. cup of coffee, like one shot is 12 hours out of your body, right? Yeah. 12 hours like and then there's six, six. yeah wow right I wonder why they can't sleep 
Yeah, but then they're like, oh, I just don't understand why and I need the coffee to stay awake. Well, you need the coffee because your coffee yeah. killed your adrenal system, right? Yeah. Like we're not thinking into what is the impact we put on our body. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that's yeah. why playing with frequency of food is so fucking fun. Yeah, and I find a lot of people don't realise or can't pick the difference in it because they're so used to just doing what they're doing and being on autopilot in life and stuff every day they don't actually realize just simple little things that they do that they think helps them is actually is making it worse for them Mm -hmm. and the really sad thing here if you don't mind me explain expanding on this is this okay yeah 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 cool so like it's like so many people like oh my god I want to speak to my guys and there's a really big difference which I talked on this week's episode Um, which will come out sometime this afternoon, (laughs) I spoke into the fact that there is a difference between being spiritually conscious and being humanly conscious, right? They're two different things. Like a really conscious human processes all their emotions, understands their consequences, it makes actions and changes, right? A really spiritual conscious person connects to their guys, gets told what to do, struggles to implement it, and, and and will be in this loop because they're missing the foundation piece of self-love, self-trust and radical responsibility. They, yeah. they don't, they, they're quite hard to build if, you, if you're leveraging one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when we are talking about the food piece and we're like, oh my God, I just want to connect to my guides deeper. It's like, but you can't be in the shame, grief or guilt down the bottom, right? You actually have to be up in acceptance to really be, really super connected right your food interferes with how you connect to your guides like Mm. so so that would also be mental health too like you've got to get your mental health right to be able to be in a high vibration to be able to connect to your guides yeah yeah and like when we look at mental health and not all and i'm just pretexting i'm not a mental health professional but if we look at mental health through a spiritual lens right it's really yeah. cool when we can play in this frequency. It's like um, everything that's not expressed is depressed or suppressed, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like everything that we're struggling with mentally is getting stored in our being. And when we feel like we're at that crisis, it's because there's too much and we have to let something out. It's why most people explode or have psychosis if you look through a spiritual lens. So it's like, everything is one thing everyone's like oh I just want to be over here and be spiritual right they're like I just I just need to focus on meditating or connect my guides and I'm always like that's not the problem like yeah if if you turned up to my coaching client call and you heard me talking about guides or anything spiritual I would be shocked because that's actually the last thing I talk about it's like life in order check first and this is the last three weeks is really connecting with your guides yeah so yeah it's really backwards the process and I think yeah it would shock a lot of people who would hear that yeah well because it's so backwards people wouldn't go oh yeah no that's how it should go and it's like and you go well no it goes like this in a spiritual kind of way yeah well it's really a lot of people want to bypass doing the work to get better they want someone else to tell them what to do right so yeah. like a lot of people are like I just want to be able to connect to my guides because they'll solve my problem yeah but it's like our guides aren't telling us who we should be they're telling us who we could be right now if we were doing it anyway does that make sense yeah it does yeah 
for just trying not to pass the blame onto our guides for why we're not living in alignment. So yeah. important. Yeah, definitely. So you talk about doing shadow work to be able to, you know, to do the work. Um, so would you be able to sort of break down the steps on what you have to do and how you have to do it? A hundred percent. So shadow work is a really in-depth conversation that I think gets really quickly bypassed in the fact that most people believe that it's answering questions. So most people are like shadow work and journaling are the same thing. The fact of the matter is shadow work is a process of actively learning to see your ego, to see how you cough block yourself to see how you self-sabotage. The journaling, yes, is definitely a part of it and it's part of the practice, but actually learning, like shadow work in itself, it's like everyone's going and running to be like a Reiki practitioner, right? Like I don't know how many people I know who are Reiki qualified. It's like shadow work in itself is a modality if taught correctly, if that makes sense. And everyone's just like constantly passing it off, like, oh, just do these questions and you'll know yourself. The point of shadow work is to truly know yourself and to be really safe, neutral, to have understood all of your emotions, why you have certain patterns that play out, why you're blocking yourself. But you can't just expect to sit down one day and have a journal prompt that's like, why am I unhappy? give you the answers because the truth is we've been walking around I'm like 29 years old right I'm 29 I've been walking around with the same ego my whole life and our ego's job is to block us from seeing ourselves so we don't grow right so I've spent years trying to figure out how to not do that right so it's quite an in-depth like and I do pretext it real shadow work versus fake shadow work they don't have any other language I'm not in love with the language that I'm using but this is all I've got guys so um it's really cool to really see it on that deeper level but like I do shadow work every day for like an hour and a half but it's not sitting there journaling it's actually understanding myself and seeing myself and growing within myself but it's really hard like I spend nine weeks talking about this in a container which would just blow your socks off because you think you know yourself until you see yourself and then you realize you don't know yourself anyone who says I'm too scared to sit by myself or it's scary to see myself needs to be diving into shadow work with support like it's such an amazing modality inside of itself and honestly I don't know anyone who teaches it to the level I teach it at okay really cool yeah that that would be really cool to do so as 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 an empath, I'd love to know what tips and tricks that you'd recommend to help shield my energy. Can I ask you a question first? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love to know where the word empath kind of entered your life. Like when did you decide or who told you you were an empath? Well, I saw different things come up online and I just and then I started going into it and figuring out what an actual empath is and mm. I pretty much just ticked, ticked, ticked all the boxes for me so yeah like I find that I can be too empathetic at times and 
letting too much out, but I don't fill my cup up. Mm. And because I'm just wanting, because I want to help people and make them feel better, I, yeah, I just let too much out. And then I realize I sacrifice too much of myself and I need to sort of, you know, step back and start dealing with myself before I can actually, you know, help others. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm very exhausted all the time like yeah. mentally, spiritually, you know, just ev- all together. So, yeah. That's a lot, hey. <laughs> it is a lot, do you, yeah. Do you mind if I be radically honest in this answer? Yeah. Even though it might stick? Yeah. Cool. All right. So, sorry for the rest that will hear this thing as well. Being an empath is choosing to believe we don't have an option, right? When we say we're empathic, it's like all of this is happening to me and I never ask for it and it's all a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And as an empath, another word for it is clairsentient, which is psychic, and any good psychic can tell you they can turn it on and the only ones who tell you they can't are the ones in victim for me. I was given a gift and I can't turn it off and it's the whole reason I'm here to save the planet, victim mode. And then those people work really hard, right? Yeah. So it's really important that we realize that we can turn it off. We just have to believe that we can turn it off. Yeah. Okay. And it's really a really big thing that I love to talk into. I know I have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. I know that I'm really against the grain in this industry. If you're a fan of Will Smith, I'm an avid Will Smith fan his book if you just go to to big w or wherever and just read the first chapter like i'm not asking you to read the whole book just read the first chapter anyways he gets into like fourth line in and he's like oh and i could always tell how my dad came home whether i needed to put to run or hide because he was going to abuse me or abuse my mother okay right yeah and the reason i'm saying this is because by the sound of a car key yeah the energy in which his dad walked in the room he could sense what he needed to do So it's also suggesting that our psychic powers and our intuition and our empathic nature is a safety response, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So if we're using it as a safety response to be loved, to make sure others' needs are put first, so we're accepted and we're part of the tribe, right? Just I'm really thinking like prehistoric times, which is how it would have been used, right? I I need to make sure I don't get ripped out of the tribe. I need to be part of the tribe, right? Yeah. We today are using it in ways to make sure that we're kept safe. Okay. Right? Yeah. And especially because we live in a society that isn't taught to value ourselves or value, like, I was just having a good conversation. She'll be listening to the podcast. But I was having a conversation with one of my clients and we were talking about, she's like, I've got a really high pain tolerance. And I was like, me too. It was the worst thing I ever did to myself. She was like, what do you mean? She's like, it's a good thing. And I'm like, it's not. If I complained six years ago, I wouldn't need a knee operation when it hurt the first time a little bit and I felt safe to speak up about myself. I wouldn't need to have gone through that year journey, right? Yeah. But as a society, we're constantly told to suppress and depress, right? We're told that yeah. it's better to make someone else happy than ourselves. And yeah. A long time ago, for a while, I was constantly using the shopping cart analogy on this podcast. So, as a kid, say we went to the shop with mum 
and we saw a Barbie. I always use Barbie. I don't like that. But anyway, we're doing it. We're, we're, we want the Barbie and we cry about it. And then we have a tantrum, which is just a natural thing because when a want, need or desire by a child isn't met, they will have an emotional reaction just like adults, but they don't know yeah. how to, we don't know how to um, logically, what's the word they use? Just bear with me. Um, emotional intelligence, right? We yeah. don't have the thing that society created, emotional intelligence. Well, who said that emotional intelligence, intelligence being in the mind is the right way to have a somatic, somatic experience? Our emotions are in our body, but this society dictates that we have to then run them up through the mind and decide how we interact is that best, right? So if a, yeah. if a toddler seems to have a somatic experience in their body because they don't feel heard, seen or held because they want to have the doll, yeah. society's literally saying to them, you can't do that. You can't actually feel your feelings inside of your body. And even though that might be rage or anger, like a huge big orange bubble for that kid, they're only allowed to express it going, hmm, that's bad. Like, yeah. what, what as a society are we teaching our children? Because to be honest, my belief system is they're, mo they're more emotionally aware than I am. Like, they are better at expressing their feelings than I am. Like, it's yeah. a natural-born gift. And the only mm. thing fucking us up is the society standard that then the mother goes, oh, you can't have that. You're making a fool out of me right you're making a fool out of me you're making me look like a bad mother get in the car we're leaving here right yeah. that's telling the child that she she or I think I was using myself in this experience I am responsible for her feelings that's yeah. not true it's no. her inadequacy that she can't realize that her child is gonna have an emotional outburst that's what children do and that yeah. she believes that they have to stay to the society standards right it's causing yeah. an emotional trigger within her and yeah. adults aren't walking around knowing this. Like it's it's not common knowledge, you know? No. <laughs> so we really have to look at what we deem to be normalized for ourselves. Yeah. So as as children, <laughs> we are taught that we have to keep suppressing our emotions, right? And it's yeah. that we have to turn up for adults so they don't look bad, right? So if we yeah. start to think from a young age that we were programmed because of the society we live in, which is a communerism, that's not it, consumerism society, right? That we were taught that we have to look after other people's emotions, right? So how ingrained is that really early? Like that's really yeah. early to be yeah, ingrained that we are responsible for other people. And we're wondering why the rise of empaths keep happening because the I don't like to say this and I don't say it in a negative way, but the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, meaning that more yeah. kids aren't getting what they desire, right? Yeah. So it's a rising thing. And I'm not just saying it in a consumerism sense. I'm saying it in, well, we're, we're, we're working longer. We're having less holidays. We're not getting anything we desire. So we're getting trained deeper and deeper to not, to not look at ourselves or see ourselves as the thing that should come first because, we all are worrying about everyone else. Like uh, yeah. being an empath is the sensing of someone else and going, oh my gosh, for me to be safe, what do I have to do? Yeah. Does that make sense? Are we, I think we're coming back around to the empath question. Yeah, right? yeah, no, it does make sense. So it's a really, it is a really deep in-depth conversation and there is just so many ways we could look at it. Like, like so many people are so conventionalized that they're like, 
I'm using them staring at my water bill. They're like looking at it straight on, like, oh my God, an empath. Like, how are they? No one's asking how they made, right? And yeah. I'm sitting over here in my like existentialism, being like, well, this is probably how they're made. I might be wrong, but yeah. here's a new perspective. So the question is that every empath I wish could ask themselves in the world is, why aren't I important enough to come first? Who taught me that? Yeah. Right. And that's the start of the shadow work journey for empaths. Like, the best thing a shadow an empath can do is literally start to do shadow work because you're uncovering why you don't feel like you're worthy enough to just be part of the tribe straight away, right? Yeah. Like it's it's so much deeper than what people are giving everything credit for. They're yeah. not going into they're not going into the conscious versus subconscious. They're not going into the analytical versus the emotional aspect. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. Like it's so easy to go, I'm gonna just call myself an empath. Instead of going, I'm going to call myself a psychic and then realize I have a gift and I'm going to go figure out how to fix that. Yeah. Because like when we play into the frequency of empaths, it's like, it can be hard. Like it's hard. Like I, you feel isolated when you're an empath. Like I remember yeah. what it was like for years I called myself an empath. I was like, and even my mother to this day calls me an empath. And I'm always like, mom, I thought we could stop playing in this frequency. And she's always like, no, it's an adequate explanation for who you are. And I was like, okay, okay. we're still here, right? Yeah. But because her belief is that it's a burden. My belief is it's a fucking gift. Like what a gift that I can make sure I'm always safe and that I can understand what someone else thinks when I desire to because I've learned to turn it off. I've learned to turn it off very psychically and traditionally. So through the chakra system, turning it on and off. But cool things you can do when you realize that you're in charge, you're in charge of your own energy is like, okay, well, I no longer want to read anyone else's energy and I'm going to try and just work on myself, right? And something really cool to do that I teach, teach to my students is like, grab a crystal and like when you want to like read someone empathically, grab that crystal. Whenever you're not touching it, you're not an empath. You actually just have to create boundaries. Like yeah. becoming psychic is just creating deep boundaries to live and play in, in the frequency of the whole universe and with other people. Yeah. Does that Look, help? Yeah, yeah, it did. Like it's a really, like I haven't heard of it being like thought of like that. Like I haven't, yeah, like it's like it's a really interesting to actually realise and go, oh, well, maybe it's just, you know, it's just a, a brand that I'm calling myself or other people are calling themselves and stuff. But yeah, it's really um well, good to what we say we are, we are, right? That's a really famous quote. Like whatever you say you are, you are. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Definitely, yeah. And that's so true. If you want to be intuitive, just start saying it. You don't have to believe it, but maybe in 10 years' time you will have created such a a, a neural pathway in your brain that you will be. It's like people yeah. who walk around all the time. I, I'm a sucker for it, but I'm busy, right? Yeah. Like you are what you say you are. And if you say you are, you are it. And there's no other option. And we always forget as humans that we're only human. And only human means that we have to take responsibility for everything happening inside of our body. Yeah. So if you're picking up the energy from someone else, but it's inside of you, it's actually your responsibility, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, 
it's like really cool when we get to be like, okay, well, if I'm choosing to be empathic, maybe the label, and that's why I asked you at the start, like where did empathic come from? Because yeah. a lot of the time it's given by other people, like by psychics. And yeah. they're like, hey, you're empathic. And then this person just naturally becomes it, even if they had some tendencies and it wasn't too overwhelming. Yeah. Right? Then they kind of morph into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how, what would you think would be the best thing as like to stop taking on other people's energies to sort of shield myself and protect myself from that? So you're protecting yourself from yourself is the first word. You're protecting yourself from the fact that you believe you need protection. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like this whole spiritual realm I'm going to just talk into this really quickly and then you might have to prompt me to come back. But, yeah. but this whole spiritual world, if we actually look on it, if we look at this, this industry, spirituality right now, it's really toxic, right? Yeah. You need to yeah. protect yourself. Everything outside of you is bad. You need this. You need that. You need this crystal and this spray and this frequency and this. And like, can you see that now that I'm bringing it up? It's like, yeah. you have to protect yourself. And then in psychic surgery, what if we're the only planet who has negatives, right? You can't undo a negative in your brain. Don't look at my necklace. You just looked at it. Like this whole industry is just constantly built, built, building fear. Like don't, don't go out without protecting yourself. Oh my God, I have to protect myself. I, I didn't even know that was a concept you know what, I don't go outside and protect myself. I don't know what this whole industry is built on. Because if yeah. I'm not doing this shit, why should anyone else have to? Because yeah. the truth is, it's all a subconscious belief system, right? It's yeah. like, yeah. I believe I have to because someone told me don't get to go outside when you and protect yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, doesn't make it the actual statement true. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, so as rephrasing it, how would I stop myself from taking on up to being affected by other people's energies? Like how would I stop myself yeah. me affecting? A hundred percent, I see you. So it's so important that you realise that you ask yourself the question, why do I actually take on people's energy? What, what yeah. benefit do I get? Yeah. by taking on other people's energy because there's always going to be a benefit you're doing it for a benefit I get that it makes you tired but it's also remember keeping you safe keeping you part of the tribe and at some yeah. point most empaths and this is a cover blanket not everyone going to say like 90% I love my percentages <laughs> uh, they believe at some point everyone else's emotions are more valuable than their own yeah right so they've yeah. started clocking everyone else's info and not their own. So it's actually yeah. a statement to come back to self and go, okay, well, I need to figure out why, I, why I'm doing this as a safety mechanism. Where in my life don't I feel safe? Right. And how can I start filling up my own cup? We're always so easy to give the blame to being empathic, but we always, always had the solution to fix it. We just believe we don't. We always, like the most spiritual quote I come back to, the, the epitome is, I know everything I need. Doesn't mean that I'm not always going to be the student, 
but it just means that we actually came here as a soul and our soul's like a fragment of the universe. So like we know a lot, maybe yeah. more subconsciously than consciously. Yeah. Yeah. But we have all the answers within us, right? Yeah. So I highly recommend asking those questions. I highly recommend starting a practice of like meditation and like journaling. If you don't journal, like, okay, well, this is how I feel overwhelmed by life. Or this is this is how my day was today. If you're not actively reflecting on your life, how can anything get better? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's also like taking responsibility. Well, if right now I feel like I'm an empath and if I'm in like the same house as someone, I naturally pick up on their energy. What happens if I start to change that belief system if I'm in the same room as someone I can pick up on their energy? And then we just yeah. kind of shrink that back because it's yeah. just a belief system. And every time you yeah. feel like you're picking up on someone else's energy, it's like, why am I picking up on this person's energy? What would that be serving me right now? Right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it would be yeah. serving something. It, would, it probably makes us feel safe. Like there's times that I go out and I'm like, the other day I went out late at night and I went for a walk and I didn't feel safe and I read someone's energy which is like actually a psychic no-go like don't read anyone else's energy without like like without their permission but I felt really unsafe clearly because I was reading their energy and straight away I was like why am I doing this I was like is this person I clearly felt like I was going to get attacked I was like where does this thought come from but it was like really cool to understand about myself that sometimes it is just fear like sometimes it is just the fact we don't feel safe and like there's so many things we can do to build positive affirmations into these practices as much as it is like cool doing the shadow side work it's really cool like there's practices I do which I know are mentally reinforcing me is like when I have a shower I cleanse my energy or um I actually sit um every time I do a reading I have a piece of selenite under my feet and like I do have some sprays that I use every day that cleanse my energy but honestly, the best thing I've ever done for myself is go to yoga. At 5.30 every afternoon, it cleanses my energy of everything and it brings me back to myself. Like, And breath work, like, you have to be inside of yourself to cleanse your energy, right? And a lot yeah. of us are like pulling for something where they're like, oh, this tourmaline will cleanse the room. But we're still never coming back to that personal responsibility. If I hold the tourmaline, close my eyes and breathe, I might then feel really safe inside of myself, right? Because that's yeah. what we're looking for is safety. Yeah. Hmm. Ah. Okay. That's really, really interesting. It's, it's really very nice. different. Yeah. It's really nice seeing a completely different perspective than I've heard before. And it kind of, it, it really helps to make you kind of think, well, am I just not doing enough for myself? And yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. It's yeah it's really helped me to sort of reevaluate evaluate what I'm doing and what I'm letting myself do that I probably shouldn't I should be um yes yeah, stop taking on other people's energies and dealing with myself more mm, and I think can I expand on that yeah like when we look at it I was explaining this to one of my clients yesterday I was like oh so when you just walk in to like if she's really empath really psychic quite a vivid medium she's worked with me long term she's like oh I was like when you kind of stuff I'm reading someone you just want to see if they're giving out energy they're giving yeah. out energy it means they're receiving energy right if you're yeah. always tired it's because you're trying to give out and reach for the information right you're like oh 
how can I like yeah. bring that into my field? And empaths are always like, oh, it's just so draining being an empath. And I'm like, yeah, it's just it. you're pulling and receiving, pulling and receiving, right? Yeah. But it's also why are you pulling in their energy? Why can't you push out your energy for someone to help you? That's not the point I wanted to get across, but I've seemed to have lost my train of thought. But it was a cool train of thought. Bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Lover. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how would you say, how can I better connect with my vibe, guides? Magic. So I guess we go back to the vibrations thing. It's yeah. like starting to eat um, and move our bodies. And coming back to that body thing I was just talking about, yeah. it's like when we are constantly giving off energy, I always seem to notice people are really like, they don't feel strong in their body when they're like really empathic. Like they don't feel really physically fit because they don't have boundaries. Because like being an empath means you have no boundaries. Like you're giving and receiving, you're giving and receiving. And it's like, if we look at it and in like a messy way, let's just say like you're in a room with a hundred people and there's one person who's an empath and they're like trying to take in everything and they've got red paint on their feet and they're like energetically like going over, hugging them and then going over and hugging the next person just to see how they're feeling and doing it. And then you get out of the elevator, out of the room. And it's like this one person made such a mess. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they've used up all that energy to hug all those people, which is them like energetically understanding their frequency. So what an empath lacks is boundaries yeah right? they probably weren't taught them as a kid they didn't realize they started and the world ended like they started someone yeah. else starts. yeah well I never really had boundaries and never put them in place and I find like I'm now 28 and I'm starting to try and do that but the people around me don't actually understand and realize that I'm actually trying to make boundaries mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I, I kind of feel like it's a bit of like a bit of tug of war, and it's like, well, no, this, this, like, I need to start making boundaries, and this is what it is. Mm. But yeah, I find the people around me can get quite reactive about that. Mm. Yeah, and they will because those people probably are the people who should have helped put you, not to yes. pass blame onto them, but as like. Society would be amazing if we grew up learning boundaries, understanding energy, how to eat healthy foods, how to move our body instead of sitting at a desk all day. We as a human being aren't made for this society. This society was made to put us in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's really, really cool when we start to like really actually think and clock what the hell's happening. And like when we do want to better connect to our guides, that was the question, hey? Yes. Yeah. We have to realize that being psychic is just playing chess and what a chessboard has is a boundary, right? I always yeah. say to people, yeah. like, because like if someone steps up to me, like let's play hypothetic, let's say I just actually did a reading. So let's use this for example. I had this lovely feminine lady step forward on my left, yeah. right? This lady, as soon as someone steps in on my left, it's like, it's a lady. She's talking about feminine energy, Right. Yeah. And then if they stepped up on my right, it's a man. And then if we play mediumship, it's like if they stand at my shoulders, they're a, they're a mother. If they stand like further back, it's like they're a man. They're sorry, they're a grandparent. And then they hide in the corner. They're estranged. Like everything in how energy shows up is in a boundary. And what so yeah. many people 
who are empathic or want to be psychic, which which makes it even worse, is they're like, I just want to be so open. Like I ask my guides a hundred times a day to tell me how to get a pass. I ask them, is this the right card? I ask them, is this the right decision? And what we're doing is opening, 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 opening without knowing what we're looking for. Unless you've gone and studied the seven clairs, you actually don't know what it means to be intuitive, right? The seven clairs kind of give us a guideline of what we are looking for when we're trying to catch our intuition. So that can be like feeling, thinking, knowing, hearing, sensing, touching. Right, yeah. they pretty much follow our seven our seven senses, but that's a basic summary. So if we don't know what we're looking for, otherwise most people show up going, I'm waiting for my fairy godmother and I expect them to materialize in front of me and really tell me very vividly what I should do. Yeah. But until we play our part in, well, it's just like a skill. Like someone taught you to ride a bike. Because at first you were shit scared and you had no idea how thrilling it was going to be to be on a bike and go really fast and like stand up and swing the handlebars, right? Being intuitive is the same shit. You actually have to find someone who knows what they're talking about so they can teach you. And I think this is where it goes wrong is that somewhere down the line, maybe like 50 years ago when it started to get big and like I have so many people when I first started meeting, people were like, you're so lucky that we did the hard yards for you. We started to feed into the story that it's it's a gift to connect to our guides. It's a gift, right? Like everyone yeah. started being like, oh my God, you're so lucky you're connected. Like it's inherited. You know the reason it's inherited? Because that yeah. person can teach that child how to do the thing they do. Like yeah. it's not inherited running through bloodlines. It's, it's an inherited skill that's being taught. And yeah. I think that, Along the line somewhere, we got really, I'm going to say in the nicest words I can, fucked up about intuition. Like we made it this big overall arching fairy godmama thing when it's really this human primal experience that allows us to just know what's coming. And like, why would we put ourselves here if we didn't know really what was coming next? Because how would we know we're doing the right thing? We start to look at it through that lens. like. Yeah, we're not dumb like our soul is not dumb or the universe isn't dumb so it it would have always given us markers to achieve that we knew like people who know they're going to be mums are going to be mums you know yeah like you you always know right yeah um maybe not straight away but you you learn that throughout your journey so it's like you're always getting these little markers yeah that's all that intuition is and we get to really play into like why we deem it to be so hard and so overcomplicating yeah. and like why we victimize our guides like it they tell me to do this and I, I struggle like when we want to connect to our guides it's really important we come back to the food we eat how we move our body because like when we because the channel that runs through us so we have chakras and this is how I teach it's pretty traditional we have chakras that open and close one in front and one behind us for most of them and then we have a channel that runs through us. When our body's strong, so is that channel, right? And that's where I started on the boundaries piece. When we struggle to connect to our guides, we can struggle because we have boundary issues, right? Yeah. Because when we have the boundary to keep our body and our mind and our spirit strong, yeah, I did, did three of them, right? We have the ability to connect with these. 
Yeah. It's just that everyone's thinking the more open they are, the better it is. The truth is, the actually, the truth is the more contained you are, the more connected you are to your mental, emotional, and spiritual health, the easier it's going to be for you to connect to your guides. You actually need to be quite strong and strict and stringent, which sounds yeah. like the opposite of like a spiritual woohoo person. I'm so strict, strong, and stringent. Like they're my like core fundamental boundaries. Like I get up, I do the same thing every day. I go to work for the same amount of time. I go to yoga. Like I do the same thing. I eat the same foods because I know it works for me and it's a tried and tested routine. And I think so many people aren't trying and testing routines in their life to see if they actually serve them. They're just doing what they think is good for them because no one taught them to think for themselves. Yeah. I think it's quite sad, but um, yeah. it's cool. So if you're really struggling to connect to your guides, find a teacher, <laughs> find someone who's going to support you. And before that, if you're trying and you want to learn by yourself, read some cool books. There is a cool book. Um, I used to give it away as homework. It's called Judy Hall's Book of Psychic Development. Okay. It's a pretty basic book. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It doesn't focus on how I teach, which is through the emotional lens. But it's pretty good at getting you the understanding across. Um, and then really like work on your frequency. Like, why do I wake up and do all of this? stuff that really hurts my frequency you started to like clock and notice every time I say clock guys on this podcast it means notice okay every time you notice that you actually are hurting yourself like so many people I actually to my friend my gosh and he's like I've been going to the gym for ages and I just realized I can't do box jumps because I hurt my back and I was like you've been doing box jumps like the last 20 weeks like how did you not realize that sooner you know so it's like, is the food I'm eating aligned to me? Is the time I'm sleeping aligned to me? Is the intake of caffeine aligning to me? Is the is my life aligning to me? Are my goals aligning to me, right? So it's like, if we can't do the connection to the guides yet, then do the frequency work, which will right. also make you fucking magnetic. Like it will make you be able to manifest. Yeah. So, so we're not doing all the frequency work would that also go into, you know, causing health issues and stuff like that? Like if you weren't looking after your frequency? Yes. Yeah, 100%. And like this this ties really big into the emotional stuff that I know we did talk about touching. Like our frequency is like I'm going to do everything that supports me. And a bad frequency is I don't care about what supports me because I don't think it's related. And a lot of people don't think the mind, body, and soul are related. They're like, I can totally like go and a really big one is like, um, and I'm not judging and I smoked and I've done it all, you know? So like people who yeah. smoke weed and then try and connect to spirit the next day, like it's a damn, it's hard. Okay. I would know because I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's going to, yeah. it's going to hurt your vibration. Like it's not going to lift you up. And I think like we can, we can use the same concept through eating food or like, emotionally dumping or not being able to emotionally process so anything that's bad for your frequency will hurt you both physically mentally and spiritually like it's all connected we're one big organ okay wow it'll be good to sort of realize and sort of get into and start learning what i should and shouldn't do that'll that works and doesn't work and that yeah and i think it's really important that when we're learning we try really hard not to shame ourselves or like feed into like i shouldn't do that 
Shouldn't is a really harsh word society created. I'd love to know who created it. I'd love to go back in time and haunt them. That may be my plan when I'm dead. Um, because shouldn't is actually, I want you all to imagine two, two of yourselves standing side by side. So the version of you that said, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this or I really shouldn't be eating that. When we say shouldn't, I want you to imagine the other person growing really, really tall and looking down at you and being like, you shouldn't do that. You're horrible, right? Yeah. And we don't realize the frequencies in our words. And like, I, I, like, I swear, like, I'm a, I'm a potty mouth, Aussie. <laughs> like, and I don't believe that a lot of words have a really bad frequency, but the one I look out for is shouldn't. Like yeah. if it was like, if anyone wanted to change something in their language, that would be the only one because it, it's a representation of shame and blame. Yeah. And would like, that be the same... Oops, yeah, would, would that be, that's all right. Would that be the same with the like can't and stuff too? Yeah. Well, you just don't believe you can do it. Where yeah. shouldn't is like shame. I'm shaming myself and blaming myself all okay. in the one thing. Because sometimes yeah. we just don't know anything. So I know you talk about channeling a lot. What is that? Yeah. Cool. I love this. So channeling is when, so channeling is like the main thing I do. So it's like, yeah. especially back in the day when I first started this podcast. So if you go back to like three years, it has to be over that now. It's probably, probably the fourth year, right? Yeah. Um, we, I used to trance channel. So trance channel is something where you merge your energy with spirit. So it's like, take, take me and you, we will be bringing our energy together and I would be speaking out your frequency instead of my frequency. So that's what channeling is. And it's a, it's type of a psychic art. I guess I use the word art, but like, it's a modality inside of itself. Like you can channel the Akasha or you can channel your guides or you can channel, um like the energy of this water bottle like you can channel any frequency and like really most psychics are just channeling but it's a word that most people think is like really woo woo out there crazy but it's really just what we're all doing yeah okay so how do you sort of do that would that be like you'd have to get all the frequency stuff sorted and then you could go on with channeling yeah so channeling so even if you're doing have you heard of automatic writing before yes yeah so automatic writing is a type of channeling like you're channeling the energy from your guide into your body so you know how like a channel is like a tube right a channel is like yes. a pipe let's just call it a channel a pipe anything yes. that you can pick up energy from you can channel that energy and then you can decide if you want to trance channel and that's where it gets different where it's where that energy completely transfers into you and you move your frequency out of your body like or into your lower belly and then you only speak out that other person's or that other entity's frequency okay wow so it's really in depth um yeah but like yes it's like any type of connection to your guides is channeling so you would really need to work on the frequency stuff on learning to like most people manifest their psychic abilities like that's all we're doing is manifesting, bringing it into a thought, into fruition, right? Yeah. So like really getting potent on our boundaries, our expectations of ourselves and what we what we want to achieve. Okay. Wow. Um, so I really struggle with letting my emotions out and I think it's quite an inherited family trait. 
do you have any advice, tips or tricks for me on how to just let it out? Because I find I just, I hold it in all the time and it bottles up and then I just burst. Yeah. Um, I had a very similar issue with this and this is when I found breath work. Um, And this is why I really started your sacred ritual. So my other company is literally, so I have this company which does this podcast, right? And it's like really about psychic growth, intuition. And I help a lot of coaches embody their own practices and be an embodied human, like kind of talk through what we went through with frequency and food and really making sure that they don't struggle because so many people are really struggling to get clients when they're a coach, when they're like intuitive and because they're not in alignment, right? So that's really my favorite area of this biz. But when we look over at your sacred ritual, it's like teaching you that we are humans having a somatic experience. Now, somatic experience means we have emotions inside of our body and they show us what's happening, right? And especially because what we talked about before, we learned really this society taught us to just depress it and suppress it, right? It is really hard to bring it out because we don't feel safe, we don't feel seen or we don't feel heard. And breathwork gave me a beautiful outlet, especially with Mama Cacao. Like those two paired together is just like that's natural medicine. Um, but breathwork is a place where you get to learn to express all those feelings to yourself because you're just sitting there for 40 minutes, um, especially the breathwork I do, which is like journey breathwork or rebirthing breathwork. There's the two types of breathwork that I do, which is where you're like really inside of yourself for a whole 40 minutes. You get all of these awarenesses and epiphanies and you're learning to sit with yourself and be able to feel everything come up. Um, but when we are like, that's an epic thing you can try. If you want to try it, it's literally like it's $35. You get a ticket and a bag of cacao and you can come online like every single month. Um, and you get awesome. to keep the replay and everything. So it's oh, really cool. cool. Yeah, that would be, um, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I always recommend to people is emotions aren't taught. Like I'm looking at an emotional wheel, which a psychologist uses right now. And there's over 130 emotions on it. Wow. And let's talk about how many we say, happy, bad, bad, bad. And good. Yeah. Good. Good is not a answer. Um, it's actually not a feeling. And it's really not a feeling. Like good is like, is things are all right or are they bad? Like good is a statement almost. Like I'm good. Like that's not an actual emotional answer, right? Like I'm literally looking here, happy, content, interest, proud, accept, powerful, peaceful, trusting, optimistic, mm. inspired, hopeful, intimate, sensitive, thank you, loving, thank you, thankful is what it says. Yeah. Like there's actually in the whole good part, like in the whole happy, which we would call good, right? There is no good. It doesn't actually fall okay. on a psychologist's wheel, right? Okay. How yeah. wild is that? We're just telling people a summary of our life. It's all good right now. I'm not dying. Yeah. That's what that's what we say. Yeah. Well, I find that's that's usually what people accept more than actually want, wanting to know your emotions. Well, it's probably it might be just how I feel and how I feel that they're feeling and I've I have been told by someone to just not let all your all your problems out but just to sort of you know just say oh yeah I'm doing good and everything like that because people don't really want to know everything 
about you and everything and I'm just like like I find I'm like well like I, I I completely agree with what you're saying but then I'm like is that what society is doing these days like is that how it is and I'm just but a bit like well, should we have to show up in society's expectations like yeah. the people we all if you're listening to this podcast the people you actually want to hang out are probably more like me like I want to know who you are I want you to know that you can come to me when you're happy, sad, bad, fearful, angry, disgusted, or mad. Well, I nearly knocked over my drink bottle in my madness about society. But the truth is most of us are feeling isolated these days because society told us we have to be good. And the yeah. only way through to connect is to talk about emotions, right? Yeah. There is no other way. Otherwise, we're just talking logically. Like, yeah. Like, there is no real connection if you aren't in emotionally intimate with someone. Yeah. Right. And I think it's a really cool question for you to ask yourself is like, whoever that was, what, like, why are they in your life? <laughs> like, that's a really cool statement and a really empowering question because yeah. like the truth is we all desire to be better humans. We all desire to feel loved and accepted. So why are we not accepting the fact that some people can't give it to us? Yeah. If I was, I just, I had to leave my family, right? I had to walk away from a relationship. I was like engaged. I had to walk away from numerous friends. Like this week, I'm just losing another friend because those people don't want to hold me in their frequency. They just want to, to be in my energy because it's fucking cool, you know? Like yeah, we, we get to decide what we are worthy of. And if we believe that no one wants to hear us, well, I can guarantee no one wants, you don't want to hear anyone else either. Like, and that really, that really is a really powerful thing. If you think no one will hear you, you probably don't feel like you would hear someone else. Like, normally what we mirror out onto the world, we also mirror back. Yeah. So that's really cool. And like, there's a really cool book by Brene Brown. It's called Atlas of the Heart. She talks through maybe a hundred emotions, but really going through an emotions wheel and learning what they all mean. Like, there's a lot of time that people feel helpless. And no one's using that to express their emotion. Like, I feel so lost right now. I feel helpless. I feel inferior. I feel worthless. I don't understand how I could ever be in a place that's going to make me feel anything but this awful feeling. Like, I can't see a way out, right? Yeah. And we're, like, all just going, I'm good. And we have to take that personal responsibility to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, in society, like, it's very, like, being alone is more of a problem than than it could actually be better for you. Like, they, <clears throat> like, you know, like, you shouldn't be alone. You should be having, you know, you should be socialising. You should be doing this and this and this. But if you can't find people that don't vibe with you, like, yeah, uh, you know, you don't want to be in a lot of different people's energy because they don't match or they just their beliefs are so different and more in the stereotypical of society. Um, it's it, like it, it's hard because it, it, it's a thing like it makes you being lonely is not okay. That's bad and everything. Yeah. But, but turning it around yeah. and making it actually a good thing and it's probably better for you in the long run, yeah. 
that you know but like it, it's kind of hard when you're kind of being taught into doing it that way and then you know the other way is actually better for you a hundred percent and that's such a cool mind shift a mind shift like so many times like I've spent I remember there was a time when I left my family and I was like every Christmas I'm like oh my god it's so hard to be by myself and like this year I was like I literally said I was like I'm gonna be alone on Christmas and I'm gonna buy myself oysters and have nice wine and go to the beach and like it was still fucking up triggering but this year I somehow managed myself a family to go spend Christmas Eve with like and those people are completely aligned to my future and sometimes having that space gives you the space to create what you desire and call it in and know what you're worthy of because by saying no we're saying yes right so like oh no you actually don't match me so I say yes to these things yeah yeah which is such a cool shift yeah it is magic well is there any other questions or anything you'd love to add before we kind of wrap up I know we've been talking forever so thank you guys for listening I hope you guys found this as cool as I did um no I'm I'm good you've answered everything that I've really wanted you to answer so thank you so much no worries thank you so much for being on this week's episode I hope you enjoy listening back to it as much as I had so much fun making it so I will catch you guys next week on next week's episode but until then stay intuitive and I'll catch you soon